And the Art Turf Show is proudly sponsored this morning by Free Gasoline. What? Yeah. Ever heard of a, such a thing? Not lately. <laughs> well, Coach Turf, a 46 to nothing loss. I know it was a difficult uh, chore getting ready for a team that you only knew one day in advance you were going to be playing. Well, that's right. You know, it wasn't real easy to get ready for a, a ball game, which you only knew a day ahead of time you was going to be playing. But, you know, that's one of the things that makes football a great game it is. You know, that's one of the things you've got to expect when you get into this great business uh, of coaching football. You know, uh, preparing for ball games and, and relating to the unexpected just goes along with fumbles and interceptions. You've got to expect it, that life ain't going to be no uh, uh, smooth road. It's going to have a few bumps and potholes, and uh, I believe we found all of them this week. How would you compare the ESP team to some of the better teams in the six-pack conference? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because, you know, uh, uh, what, what Coach uh, uh, Benzinger come up to me and said after the ball game was, he says, Coach, you know, you got a real fine ball club, and, and I know you got some real fine ball clubs in your conference, and I, we was wondering if maybe we could come into the conference next year. And what did you tell him, Coach? Well, who ever heard of a seven-pack? Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Look at that sunshine, how welcome it is. All weekend was simply beautiful, wasn't it? 68 degrees right now, headed up to 84. I guess sometime overnight we might start to see some light rain. And that's in the forecast for the next couple of days. Well, good morning, folks. Welcome. Uh, I'm Dave Palmer. Scott's here. Good morning. Good morning. And today is the sixth day of June. Yes, it is. My time is flying by. Very significant date in our world history. Well, yes, in, indeed. D-Day, uh, I think, is what you're particularly referring Absolutely. to. Absolutely, yes. And... Uh, just in case there's someone out there that doesn't know what D-Day is, how would you describe it? I would say it was the day the Allied forces liberated France from Nazi Germany troops and that it was an unprecedented largest invasion ever in the history of the world that took place on this date in 1944, today being the 78th anniversary of that, along with American troops, uh, British troops, and I believe Canadian troops 
invaded five different beaches on the coast of France because uh, it was occupied by Nazi Germany at the time and basically started to turn the tide of war in the favor of the Allies to keep Europe free and also to keep the United States free as uh, Germany had reached coastal positions, uh, close to coastal positions on the east coast of the United States. German submarines were sitting off the coast of the United States. They could actually see the lights of New York City, of Boston. That's how close they were in World War II. So D-Day, June 6, 1944, was the beginning of turning the tide, turning the momentum in the favor of the Allied forces. I never expected you to have such a terrific, perfect description. That was wonderful. Well, thank you. I'm not just another pretty face here. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, that was excellent. Well, thank you very much. I follow history. Dad and I, uh, would watch World War II documentaries. Uh, wherever they were, PBS, the Smithsonian Channel, History Channel. And uh, Dad was interested in that. It had many books about World War II, mm-hmm. publications. And, of course, Dad uh, is a veteran of the Army, as you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just took an interest in that history. And it continues for me. I still... I'm able to find things that I didn't know before or see footage of events that happened in Europe during World War II that I'd not seen before. Well, very well done. Thank you. Um, It almost um, is weird to continue on with the various events of the day. For example, the next one to mention is it's National Yo-Yo Day. You know, I mean, a yo-yo. Yeah, we're talking about a toy and not a person, right? Or a country, or a war, or a, you know, just... What a difference. You go from D-Day to National Yo-Yo Day. Yeah, not quite the significance of D-Day. Hardly. but, But going on, National Gardening Exercise Day, National Eyewear Day... National Drive-In Movie Day. Yeah, remember the drive-in that used to be out here? Yes. This, in fact, this little tiny piece of road is called Theater Lane. Yeah. National Higher Education Day and National Applesauce Cake Day. Mmm. Good stuff. So, um, that's that. Um, what about historical events? You know, some of these, of course, were historical events, such as D-Day. But uh, let's, let's just uh, do this list here. Gustav Vasa. Vasa? Vasa? This is the year 1523. 
anyway, however it's pronounced, Gustav Vasa is elected king of Sweden, marking the end of the Kalmar Union. On this date in 1716, the French transport... No, no, no. French transport the first American slaves to Louisiana. Wait a minute. I said that after... I said that completely wrong. Please erase that. Here we go. In 1716, the French transport the first African slaves to Louisiana. 1916, the death of Yon Shikai, and that's U-A-A, U, start over, Y-U-A-N, Yuan Shikai, ruler of much of China since 1912, causes the central government to virtually collapse in the face of warlords, including Sun Yat-sen. So... 1916, Troubles in China. Okay, let's move on. 1944, Operation Overload. But today we call it D-Day. Begins as the 156,000 strong um, Allied expeditionary force lands in Normandy, France, and so on during World War II. Yes, and a lot of those young men, boys, some of them barely 18, 19 years old, knew what they were getting into, Mm -hmm. knew what was likely to happen to them, yet they still went. There's a reference here. Heroes. They say there was um, Do you have your computer there? Yes. Would you go to www.onthisday.com slash photos slash d hyphen day and there, there's a little thing here that says D-Day fake news that fooled Hitler. Um, history is not my strongest topic. So I, I'm curious what they're getting at here. Um, I, without looking, I can surmise what it most likely is okay, do it. is due to the weather. Erwin um, Rommel, who was actually the field commander right. for the, the Nazi prevention there, the occupation of France, was convinced that the Allies would not invade on June 6, 1944, because of the weather. He felt the weather was going to be so bad, so he left his commanding post in France 
and went on to celebrate his birthday, uh, excuse me, his wife's birthday mm-hmm. that day. And the Nazis were caught completely by surprise. Mm. Okay. And uh, it would have had a better turnout for the Allies from what I've researched, what I've read, because the Allies had a heavy, vicious bombardment of the coastal regions trying to take out the gunneries yep. uh, on that were built on the beachheads atop the beaches uh, to protect f- from an invasion like that. However, the bombing campaign was too far inland of France, and it did not hit any of those pillboxes. And so the Allies were met with heavy gunfire. And as I mentioned previously, these young men knew they probably would not live beyond that day, but they went anyway. And uh, you can tell any surviving hero that or bring up that subject. The surviving veterans will tell you those guys are the real heroes, the ones that are buried all over Europe in the uh, Allied cemeteries. The uh, final event we have to mention uh, on this date. In, um, on this date in 1982, 30,000 Israeli troops invade Lebanon to drive out the PLO. You know, I just jotted down something I heard in... Uh, Well, now, what was it? I don't know if it was in CBS or... Well, anyway, in the state of Ohio, if I understand it right... Oh, it it was in a public service announcement we ran a few minutes ago. But I thought this was an interesting statistic. In the state of Ohio... There are 340,000 student-athletes. That's that's a bunch. That is a bunch. Yeah, speaking of student-athletes, we had some uh, state qualifiers in the high school track meet participate this past weekend. And uh, one young man... I believe he's from Alexander. Braden McKee placed fourth in the long jump there. So congratulations to Braden McKee for that fourth place finish. He uh, made it to the podium, as they say. I heard um, Carl, right? Yes. This morning giving a sports cast, and he brought that out. Yes. I think we had uh, Evan McPherson from Federal Hawking participating. And uh, I want to say Malik Williams, I hope I have his name right, from Nelsonville, York. And uh, on the girls' side, Lakin Emler from Trimble High School participating in the state track meet. I'm sorry if I'm missing someone there, but those are the ones I think that were mentioned. There were four from Athens County High Schools. So congratulations to all of them. I mean, when you make the state meet, that's an accomplishment in itself. Well, um, famous birthdays. Um, 
Okay, the first one we have to mention is that Bjorn Borg. Help me. Bjorn Borg. Oh, I didn't say it that badly. No, not bad. Um, Celebrating his 66th birthday, of course, tennis guy, right? Yes. Big time. Yes, big time. Bjorn Rune Borg is a Swedish former world number one tennis player. Between 1974 and 1981, he became the first man in the U.S. Open era to win 11 Grand Slam singles titles, but he never won the U.S. Open despite four finals appearances. That's amazing that he never won it. 66th birthday today. Okay, the next person... Not sure I have any idea here, although he's wearing a military uniform. Is Robert Falcon Scott. He was born on this date in 1868. He died in 1912. Captain Robert Falcon Scott was a Royal Navy officer and explorer who led two expeditions to the Antarctic regions. The Discovery Expedition of 1901 to 1904 and the ill-fated Terra Nova Expedition of 1910 to 1913. And uh, some of the movies about that include The Great White Silence, 90 Degrees South, and Clean Break. Hmm. Okay, um, let's see, we have two more Birthdays to mention, and uh, neither neither of these are uh, still living. Nathan Hale, born in 1755, died not too much long ago. Didn't live very long, evidently. 1776, Nathan yeah. Hale. Yeah, he was an American patriot soldier and spy for the Continental Army during the American Revolutionary War. He volunteered for an intelligence-gathering mission in New York City, but was captured by the British and executed. Mm. Uh, The next one is Sukarno. And uh, born in 1901 on this date, died in 1970. Sukarno. I need a spelling. S-U-K-A-R-N-O. All right, there we go. Sukarno was an Indonesian statesman, orator, revolutionary, and nationalist who was the first president of Indonesia, serving from 1945 to 1967. Sukamo was the leader of the Indonesian struggle for independence from the Dutch colonialists. First president of Indonesia. Um, and then just two deaths to mention today. I'm sure there were, could be many more. Let me make sure my got my page is right. Yes, that's right. Um, first is, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know this person. I should say I don't know of this person. Born in 1815, died in 1891. A name by the name uh, of person. Um, uh, I'm a little tired this morning. Folks, forgive me if I foul up. That's all right. John, go for it. John A. McDonald. John A. McDonald. Sir John Alexander McDonald was the first Prime Minister of Canada. We've got first 
president, first prime know? minister. I did know that. Yeah. I'd forgotten. Serving from 1867 to 1873, and then again from 1878 to 1891, uh, the dominant figure of Canadian Ke- uh, Confederation, he had a political career that spanned almost 50 years. And the last one is that of Robert F. Kennedy, born uh, in 1925, but died on this date in 1968. Robert Kennedy. Yes, uh, I'm sure many of our listeners know who that is, but he was also referred to by his initials RFK or by the nickname Bobby. He was an American lawyer and politician who served as the 64th United States Attorney General from 1961 to September of 1964, and a U.S. Senator from New York from January of 65 until his assassination in June of 1968. I still feel to this day he would have been the next president Mm -hmm. following uh, Lyndon Johnson. Uh, Folks, excuse me for a minute. Um... You know, as you might expect, I'm going through a a complicated period, an adjustment. Yes. Uh, My wife died nine days ago. I believe the Saturday messenger had the obituary. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Many of you knew about that previous to that because of different websites and so on. Um, it's uh, difficult being alone. Thank goodness for Hope and Forward. They keep me company. My neighbors do a great job. Um, I want to thank many people who have sent cards and notices um, of sympathy. There is um, (coughs) going to be a memorial service um, on July 12th. That's a Tuesday. Yeah, that's quite a, you know, that's over a month from now. But there are a number of people who want to attend that who are overseas. Um... are coming in uh, so this is that's when it's going to be and it'll be held at the first presbyterian church and as i understand it like an 11:30 get together and then up till two or so and then there'll be a little bit of food um I will be there as soon as I am out of here. I understand. The um, I received calls from various um, exchange students that we've hosted. As I started to say, there were I'm really quite amazed how many might actually be coming in from 
Russia in the Ukraine <laughs> and um, Brazil, Norway, Germany, um, it's, um, it will be very nice to see them under unfortunate circumstances. Um, anyway, um, some of you have sent me a note, um, mailed me a card, and it's, it's appreciated. Thank you. And, um, uh, Pat and I were married, I think, 37 years. She was a great gal. And uh, so, yes, she was. I um, it's um, it, it was difficult when I was uh, when she was around to do something alone. I like doing things with people, and um, she was my number one people. the last week um, other people have joined me for dinner and events and so on and uh, don't misread anything into that but it's it's uh, it's a difficult thing and everybody handles it differently and what can I say well, I think you're saying exactly what you feel like saying, which, you know, it is difficult to do that. It's just like, you know, I I was thinking about, I think about dad every day. I mean, it's yes, it's yes. human nature to do so. This is, this is how we respond. As you mentioned, we all respond in different ways. We react in different ways. But when you mention about the, her being your number one people, um, oh, yeah. Dad, Dad mentioned to me more than a few times that he had four best friends that he was blessed with. One first one being Mom and his three boys. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, and he was always so thankful for that. And Mom, well, Mom and found and something in his wallet I the other need day. To, um, I'm sorry. That's okay. She found something in his wallet. The other day, and sent me a picture of it about uh, prayers for his children that he kept with him all the time. You know, between the two of us, we had three children. Yeah, and, and we have three children. What am I saying? <clears throat> like in the past? Yes. Tense. No, we have three children, <laughs> and you always will, right? <laughs> and we have eight grandchildren. Um. And. Every one of them is special to us. I mean, they mean the world to us. Absolutely. And um, you know, Jackie is the closest in the sense of um, physical distance. She's here in Athens. Uh, she also has the most background in helping plan um events 
and a funeral is an event. And um, she's been a tremendous help. And um, I think it's brought us even closer together. Um, but, other, of course, the others are helping, too. I had a real nice conversation with Nick last night. Oh, good. And um, anyway, golly, it's tough. Yes, it is. Okay. As I mentioned uh, last week one day, sometimes life comes at you pretty hard, and uh, it's not always easy, and these are one of those times that comes at you hard. It's, it's as you mentioned, it's tough. But, but um, I mentioned Jackie, I mentioned Nick, I yes. need to mention Paul. Yes. Um, who lives in Irvine, California. Uh, Paul, of course, is coming back. He's bringing our teenage grandson, Cole, and Brianna, who's, uh, I think Brianna's seven, six, eight. I don't know, right in that zone. And, of course, his wife, Tanya V. And, um, you know, it's just um, to have this blitz of people coming back and then probably only having two days to see them. Yeah. Some of them, anyway. I I think the family will be around a little bit longer, but... Wow. Um, and you know, I'm going to see faces, and I can't remember their name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's embarrassing to have to ask, because that face is so familiar to me and meant so much to me in my life, and yet, can I remember their name? You know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think people understand they'll be expressing and showing some courtesy yeah. enough to to know you know what that's fine if people do that what i'm out speaking to i don't mind because it ha- i do it too sometimes uh, you know so you don't have to go hey uh yeah how you doing one of those well, you know? that's gonna happen oh i'm sure yeah. you know and uh i when i say things like that i say you know please forgive me but i can't recall your first name or I'm unable to remember your name. One of our young people, we had 22 people stay with us for, I'm going to say, a year or more as a member of our family on a temporary basis. But yeah. They, but that has led into their be- feeling a part of the family for the, mm-hmm. the re- you know, many years after. Anyway, Linnell Hamilton called me last night. He's called me three times over the last week. And he's just really upset. But he had just recorded a tribute and emailed it to me and wanted to make sure I had received it. And sure enough, I had. And I watched it, and it it really moved me. And we have a couple of our students who... Now, he lives in uh, Sacramento, and with his job, he can't 
leave. So this is his way of sending his condolences. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And he will, that'll be shown. There will be several video and audio clips shown during the service. And then there's been so many people expressing an interest in having, being able to watch the service who cannot attend. So it's going to be Zoomed, I guess that's the term. Mm-hmm. Live stream, yeah. Okay, I don't know all these terms. Either one's fine. So um, it's it's turning into a little bit of a technical production. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sounds like it. But uh, the people at First Presbyterian Church, which is our church, have all of those capabilities, which I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I expect there'll be a large gathering, you know, there too, and but, you know, good celebration of life is, uh, you know, some it's sad for say again, like you said, it depends on how different responses are, different reactions. Um, There's one woman who worked with Pat. And she, just about every time we talk to each other on the phone or meet, and there's been a couple times since past passing that that's happened, she just cries so outwardly. She's crying. Um, I think that's... Do I want to say a tribute? Oh, of course. Um, of caring? Yeah. That, well, anyway. Yeah, well, okay. yeah, well, I, yeah, I totally understand that. That'll be. Please forgive me, folks, for talking like this. Oh, I don't think you need to apologize um, or ask for forgiveness. That just, I'm actually, I'm kind of glad you are to get that out because uh, people have asked me, how's Dave doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and. And so this, hopefully, if they're listening, they can get a sense of how things are, what's going on, uh, the memorial service. I want to say before we get into another subject, I think it's wonderful to have Jackie around to help oh, my. so much. Uh, my sister-in-law is like that, too, that she was a big help uh, during the time when Dad passed, too. So, Jackie, if you're listening, uh, I'll just say thank you for being such a big help to your dad here too yeah and i i've expressed it to her i'm sure you have but i i'll just say too that i'm sure she has no idea how uh grateful you are for that help too because i know you are i can tell you are let's um let's see what we got 12 minutes okay we better uh, talk a little bit about the news and of course, you know, for me, uh, that's newsworthy around this area, our, you know, immediate radius. Yes, of course. Um, it is Monday. It's June 6th. Uh, what are the major stories? Well, there is a... Um, a step toward easing the baby formula crisis. Yippee-i-a, right? 
Yeah. There's also a step forward for the Chinese space program. Let's see what else there is. Well, first of all, (coughs) Abbott. Abbott Nutrition restarted production of some types of baby formula at its plant, which is uh, primarily located in Sturgis, Michigan. It got going over the weekend, a step many hope will ease the nationwide shortage. Um, If I don't say this right, forgive me. The company said it would begin with Elecare, E-L-E-C-A-R-E, a product meant for infants with digestive issues. Abbott, which also produces Similac, accounts for more than 40% of the U.S. baby formula market. The Sturgis plant was voluntarily shut down in February after a number of infants were diagnosed with bacterial infections. Two infants infants ultimately died from those infections. Too bad though the company has said testing at the plant did not establish a direct link with the cases. Production is restarting following the approval from the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Um, so, that, that's, that's a good step forward. Yes, it is. As I've questioned before, I still don't understand how in a country like the United States we have to go looking, begging for baby food, baby formula to be produced. Well, it's something we're proud of, but it also can be problematic and that is we are ultra cautious about uh, doing it perfectly and there was a slightly out of scale mixture And so rather than putting anybody in jeopardy, they just stopped altogether to fix it. And, you know, I don't know what percentage, 80%, 90% of the people, if they had, the infants had received it, probably would not have had any effect. But, you know, what about those that did? I'm not saying this very well, but I think you get the point. We are very cautious, and it's something we can also be proud of, but it does create problems. Okay, Tianjong nears completion. What is this? Well, a crew of three Chinese astronauts arrived at the country's nearly complete Tianjong space station yesterday. As the third crewed mission to arrive at the station's core module, the trio will spend six months in space 
and oversee the arrival and assembly of the station's final two modules. The orbital facility is regarded as China's answer to the International Space Station, of which China is not a member. The ISS program consists of 15 member countries, including Russia, but U.S. law prohibits bilateral cooperation with China on space efforts. Once completed, the Tiangshan station will be roughly 20% the size, so less than a quarter the size of the ISS. Let's see here. They go on to say the station is one of the crown jewels of China's rapidly advancing space program. In the past two years, the country has completed a satellite-based navigation system, uncrewed missions to Mars and the moon, and more. Okay, what about monkeypox? Jumping around on topics here. At least 24 cases of monkeypox across 11 states have now been identified over the weekend. With more than 400 potential contacts under investigation. Two strains are said to be circulating in the country. Officials say the risk to public health remains low and widespread epidemic is unlikely. Let's hope they're right. Yes. Help me with sports, man. Well, let's see here. Well, after a successful series against the San Francisco Giants last week, the Cincinnati Reds dropped three games over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and yesterday. And they had the lead in Saturday's game. They had the lead in yesterday's game and uh, managed to let that slip away. But uh, they are still playing pretty well, uh, I would say, in uh, my viewpoint anyway. And uh, they're back at <clears throat> excuse me, back at it again. I think they play this evening. Um, so tune in to 970 WATH and 97.1. And we are proud to be an affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. All right. So, yes, they play this evening at 640. They take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, pregame will be about 610 here on the 970 WATH. They play Arizona today and tomorrow and, I believe, <laughs> Wednesday. Well, you said 610 made me want to say WTV. Yeah. <laughs> Where I worked once upon a time. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, NBA finals are now tied up one game apiece as uh, the game one went to the Celtics in a lopsided win. Game two last night went to the Warriors in a lopsided win. And uh, I believe game three will be uh, Wednesday. So, uh, yeah. Also want to say congratulations to uh, Coach Danny Hall, one of my former baseball teammates. Uh, he is now the head coach at Georgia Tech University. He's a graduate of Federal Hawking High School. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I played uh, baseball with him on, on the Athens American Legion team, and uh, then he went on to Miami of Ohio. Uh, we were in uh, – I was playing at OU for maybe one or two years while he was at Miami. Uh, he became a co-captain there, all-conference selection, went on to coach at Michigan uh, under Bud Middall, who was the head coach of Miami. Uh, then he got his first head coaching job at Kent State, got that program rolling. He has been at Georgia Tech for many, many years, and he is now the second winningest coach, active coach, in NCAA baseball. So wow. congratulations, uh, Danny Hall Jr., I should say. So great Top, guy and yeah, success. Cool. Topically, this is a big topic change. Uh, if the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, more than 20 states, home to roughly half the country's population, are likely to outlaw nearly all abortions. For women living in Mississippi, the closest place to receive a legal abortion might be Illinois. Yet the number of abortions performed in the U.S. would fall by much less than half, experts predict. Um, the writer of this article says, I find these numbers surprising. The Supreme Court appears to be on a cusp of revolutionizing the country's abortion laws while having a more modest effect on abortion rates. This is from the New York Times. They have a lengthy, uh, a lengthy thing on it. And if it's a topic that is concerning to you, I would recommend you go to their website. Um, let's see here. turning the pages trying to get to yet a different story but I'm not having any luck they have such detail it's their major item of the day okay well let's stop um, folks once again thank you for the cards and letters and phone calls um if, if, once again, to repeat, if you'd like to know, uh, Pat's memorial service will be held on Tuesday, July 12th. And it's, I think it's, I think it starts at 11.30, and if you stay for a bite to eat and everything, you'll probably be done around 2.30 or 3. Um, in the meantime... Um, I'm very appreciative of my friends who are keeping me company. I'm not a loner by any means, almost to a fault. Um, and um, we'll see you about, okay? And, Scott, again, thanks for all your help. Absolutely. I'm happy to help. I do see a phone call. Maybe we have In our 72nd yep. year of serving Southeast Ohio, <laughs> Next AM 970 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, FM. This is CBS.
CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The U.S. recorded more than a dozen additional mass shootings over the weekend. One in Philadelphia left three people dead and a dozen wounded. Reporter John McDevitt with our affiliate KYW. Business owners and residents along the commercial corridor called South Street are concerned with the uptick in violent crime. Among them, restaurant owner Mohan Parmar. These kids not afraid of anything. People are not afraid of the police. Most of the time I felt safe. Now I feel very awkward to it. You know, I don't know how we're going to continue our business like that. Larry Seachuk has lived in the neighborhood for more than 40 years. If you're a resident, you don't come up here after 8 o'clock at night. Really, because after 8 o'clock at night, it kind of turns into Thunderdome. Philly's NFL team is hosting a gun buyback. Anyone who turns in a gun at Lincoln Financial Field today gets a $100 gift card. Still no claim of responsibility in a mass shooting during a Catholic church service in Nigeria yesterday. Officials say at least 50 people were killed, children among them. This local bishop is shaking his head. It's quite unbelievable that somebody will come and the intention was to kill everybody in that church. A priest was kidnapped by the attackers. The the clock could be ticking on the British Prime Minister's tenure thanks to those pandemic missteps dubbed Partygate. I'm Vicki Barker in London where Boris Johnson is facing a no-confidence vote today from his own Conservative Party. If he loses, he's out as Prime Minister and Conservative lawmakers will then have to elect someone else to take over midterm. The U.S. and now Britain have announced they'll send rocket launchers to Ukraine.